This episode of the Trek Geeks Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash trekgeeks, and you'll find over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any MP3 player. Hi, this is Kat Roberts, Lieutenant Elizabeth Palmer on Star Trek Continues, and you are listening to the Trek Geeks Podcast with Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. Biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. This is the Trek Geeks Podcast. Thank you, everyone, so much for downloading, and welcome to episode number 31. Not section 31, but episode 31. I know. Well, you can hear him in the background already. Let me introduce myself. Uh, I am your co-host, Bill Smith, and normally at this time, I would uh, take to finding a humorous way to introduce my co-host, but I will say that uh, he's my friend, he's my brother, I love him like family, and I wish him the happiest of birthdays. Dan, happy birthday, buddy. Wow, man. Thank you. That's very much appreciated. Uh, That one is a complete surprise, and I appreciate it very much. Uh, I'm happy to be here, as always, with my good friend, Bill. And uh, I love the Section 31 tie-in with the episode number, man. That is what's going to make this one special, because what happens tonight... Nobody's ever going to be able to find it in the archives. It's going to be gone forever. It never happened. Let's hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> it's going to be like that uh, Deep Space Nine episode where we have no idea that we're supposed to know what happened because Cisco deleted it, and that's a train going by. So I'll uh, apologize right now for the train symbol going over there. That's the crazy train, and you're apparently boarding. All <laughs> <laughs> <On> aboard! Oh, boy. I don't think we have to pay royalties for that. So nicely done, sir. <laughs> nicely done. As we All mentioned, right. this is episode 31. This is going to be a very geekful episode. We're sorry we weren't with you last week due to some unforeseen circumstances. But we're back and we're ready to do this. Wouldn't you say, Dan? We're ready to do this. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Great input from Dan. I see it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing that uh, when you don't do it for a week, it's kind of really weird. Yeah, because uh, we've been doing it so much now, thirty episode thirty one, and to have a week where we don't do it, it's kind of like wh- wh- what? Yeah, huh? What we're supposed to do? What? <laughs> what? So uh, before we get started and, and dive into some recent news, Dan, do you have any big plans for your birthday? No, I really don't. Thank you for asking. I'm one of those people that my birthday's really not a big deal to me. Um, I, I truly appreciate it when people wish me a happy birthday and like you did and post on Facebook and stuff like that. But it's just another day to me, man. It's just, you know, I'm a year older. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, my body feels about 30 years older every day. Uh, <laughs> I know that feeling all too well. Yeah. But, uh, no, no, no significant plans. Actually, um, I have a deployment for my work scheduled for my birthday. So th- that's going to be just a, a ton of fun. 
Uh, you really know how to live it up, mister. Woo. <laughs> well, here's hoping your next trip around the sun is as fun and as exciting as the last one. Nothing but the best to you, my brother, in the coming year. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. With that, why don't we get started and talk about some recent news in the Star Trek world. Um, there's been a lot of developments over the last couple of weeks, and we thought we'd touch on a, a couple of them. And I think probably the first one that is foremost in my mind is uh, the season two premiere of the Red Shirt Diaries. Yes. Uh, it was, um, as we record this, it was yesterday, actually, that it came out. Uh, very first episode. Great to see Ashley back in front of the camera and Jason behind the camera doing his thing. Uh, episode one of season two is actually episode 11 of the series and it's the menagerie part one. So, uh, uh, I have, uh, I've watched it a couple times. Uh, there's some good stuff in it. Our wonderful friend, Kat Roberts, uh, is in it. Uh, I don't want to give anything away for those who haven't seen it, but, uh, definitely go check it out uh, on YouTube or on the redshirtdiaries.com. Uh, I'm very excited to have them back for another season. So am I. It, uh, I actually haven't had a chance to watch the first episode yet. I know I'm terrible. I know. Um, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give me your worst. No, Dan. no, that's all right. Wow. You were I, busy. It's all right. It's because no. it was nice to you at the top of the show, wasn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as soon as we're done recording tonight, I'm going to go watch the new episode. You should go watch the new episode. We'll have it here in the post on trekgeeks.com for this episode of our podcast. But if you uh, you can't do that, it's on YouTube. It's on the Red Shirt Diaries website. Please seek it out and find it. Um, they have a new episode every week, so we want to support them as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. They like you just said, they're going to have an episode. I believe it's every Monday for the next twenty weeks, if I read that correctly. So that's a lot of Red Shirt Diaries, and we are working very hard right now. I've been in several conversations with Ashley to have her come back on the show as well as have Jason join us. So we can look forward to that, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. We absolutely can, and we can't wait to talk to them again. Um, Ashley was a great guest on the podcast when she was on our STLV wrap-up, and we're looking forward to getting her and Jason in the same podcast. So, uh, Dan, it was also recently the 49th anniversary of the premiere of Star Trek. Um, we are now less than one year away from the 50th anniversary. <laughs> I had a feeling there was going to be some sort of fanboy noise. Uh, did you do anything special to celebrate the 49th? I watched The Man Trap. Did you? I did. And as some people may not agree with this, I love The Man Trap. I think it's a great um, episode. It's a fantastic episode. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. It's the it's not the first episode of the series, as we all know. It's actually the sixth episode, but it was the first episode that they showed on TV. Um, and it's a fun episode. I love the Salt Vampire. Um, I like the uh, hokiness of it. I like the quote unquote errors that happen in the first episode. If you're going to be you know anal about what goes on throughout the series, it's just a lot of fun. I liked it. So you know, I watched it. We're going to be talking about a lot of first episodes tonight later on in the podcast. But I think you're right. I think that NBC was smart enough to realize that this episode would draw viewers in. And it may not have been the first one produced, but I think they did a smart thing in, in airing it first. Because you want that sense of science fiction. You want that sense of danger. I think yep. there are some uncharacteristic things about it. Mm -hmm. You know, McCoy shooting the salt vampire, period. Yep. 
Because I just don't see Bones doing that. Yeah, Jim was in danger, but Spock could have very easily come in and introduced us to the Vulcan neck pinch early. Or McCoy mm-hmm. always has a hypo, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually the only episode in the entire series where you actually saw McCoy's quarters. That's kind of interesting. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's also the first episode where McCoy says he's dead, Jim. <laughs> I would like to actually find out how many times he actually said that. It's not, I don't think it's as much as people think it is. I bet if you Google it, it is instantly available. I'm sure it is. Um, One of the things I remember when I was a kid when I would watch this episode is um, that the salt vampire was really, really scary to me as a kid. Now, it was made out of a gas mask, for those of you who didn't know, um, with stuff added to it. But it was really scary, really menacing. uh, and it's one that's always stuck out in my mind. That and Arena are ones that I remember most from my childhood, probably because of the the creatures involved in it. I have to agree with you. I was probably more scared by the man trap than I ever was by Arena. Mm-hmm. Partly because as much as we love Bobby Clark, it was kind of hard to be scared of that Gorn costume. Not true. <laughs> you know, it was foam rubber. He could barely move. The fight kind of happened in slow motion. The noise, I agree with you, was was something to be a little scared of. But... You know, the salt vampire draining all of the salt from, from your body. That's pretty yep. scary, especially when you're a young kid getting exposed to Star Trek at 6 o'clock at night. And you got the modeling on the face. Look at the modeling. The modeling. <laughs> I always thought that was kind of funny. One of the things I always wondered, and maybe you can speak to this as well, Bill, is when you look at Star Trek as a whole, and then you look at this episode, they where start you know the enterprise was out to explore strange new worlds and seek out new life if there was this creature that was the last creature of its kind you would think that dr crater would have sent a message to starfleet saying hey this this race is about to go extinct we need help can you send me 75,000 tons of salt yeah. so it can survive yeah. mccoy couldn't have come up with some salt there at the end and said hey hey salt yeah. monster yeah here's your salt yeah no yeah the episode, despite its problems, is absolutely classic, and I love to watch it. It is a guilty pleasure when I put on the man trap. I yep. didn't have a chance to watch it, you know, because things have been busy for you and me the last couple of weeks. Yep, they have. Yep. But uh, I also, you know, to be honest, I haven't watched an episode of the original series since Leonard died. And really? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't been able to. Oh, I find I, that very interesting. I, uh, um, I, I still feel no, I, a little I've raw. A few. I still feel a little raw. Um, uh, but I know that I'm going to at some point, and it's probably good to to get back on the horse by popping in the man trap and maybe enjoying a glass of wine while I watch it. Yep. And when and if you have that glass of wine, one of the things that I like most about that episode is when Doctor Crater got stunned with a bullet ricochet sound effect. I might add, which I always <laughs> found quite funny. I liked how they slowed his voice down when he was stunned. I was, oh, 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 I thought that was a riot. I just thought that was one of the funniest parts of the episode. I just want to say it was the '60s. <laughs> Ooh, I feel strange. Well, the other thing too is they also sped up that film for when he gets stunned. <laughs> yeah, so you hear the he noise. Falls fast. Yeah, and then it's almost like you know you're watching you know those old you know eight millimeter movies of people <laughs> playing <Hill>. catch. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or Benny Hill when it has the music on. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Man Trap. I I will have to watch that fairly soon. Maybe I'll watch it uh, on my trip this weekend. We'll see. There you go. Well, while I'm gone, Dan, to parts west and sunny California, Mm -hmm. um, the Red Sox of ye old Boston, the old town team, are having a Star Trek night, aren't they? 
Yes, the old last place hometown team. We can throw that in there. I think it's safe yeah. to say. Yeah, we can. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, you're going to California. I think you're swinging by Disneyland while you're out there. Allegedly. Serves, allegedly. Allegedly. And while I'm stuck here in Maine, uh, my wife is going to be down in Disney World with my daughter. So I will be home alone, probably watching a lot of Star Trek um, and and trying to figure out if I should take the trip down to Boston on September 22nd to go to uh, – Star Trek night at Fenway Park, which uh, sounds pretty awesome. Um, I'm thinking it's because they're not doing so well this year that they wanted to do something to fill the seats. <laughs> and it's a week before the season ends. True, true that. Um, <clears throat> for anybody who does not know, uh, Disruptor Beam is going to be at Fenway Park that night, and I'm sure that they will have a lot of, uh, of um, new information about the upcoming uh, Timelines game, which we are looking forward to very much. Um, in addition, I know that uh, if you get uh, ticket packages, uh, you can get a Red Sox Live Long and Prosper foam. I guess it's not a foam finger. It's a foam hand. Yeah. Um, but it's Live Long and Prosper with the Red Sox logo on it. Very cool. Um, and from what I'm reading, they're also going to have a captain's chair uh, from the original series era so that you can have a photo op while you're at Fenway Park. They're going to have trivia. They're going to have all kinds of stuff. It's going to be pretty fun. If I don't go down, I'm sure I'll watch it on TV because I'm sure uh, Don Orsillo and Jerry Remy will have lots to say about anybody who's cosplaying at Fenway Park. Oh, I'm sure they will. And we do have to mention that Red Sox Night at Fenway Park is being brought to us by our good friends at treknews.net. If you don't check out treknews.net every now and then, we... We don't know what's wrong with you, quite honestly. <laughs> we love everyone at Trek News, and they've been so good to us. So uh, please give them some love. If you happen to be going to Fenway on the night of the 22nd, stop by their party, say hi. Um, they're a great bunch of folks. So Yeah, and if you're going to be at Fenway Park on Star Trek night, feel free to make a sign saying hi to the Trek geeks. That would make my night, especially if I'm stuck at home watching it on television. <laughs> <laughs> I will be in California. Yeah, not, I know you won't be there. Jeez. Get to the chopper. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. I, I will not be. I will say I was uh, – just one more comment on, on the, the Red Sox game. I was very um, bummed out a few years back when they actually had a Star Trek night at, uh, at a Tampa Rays game. I was like, oh, I think it was right before In the Darkness came out. And I was like, oh, my God, that would be so cool to go to. Now they're having one at my team's uh, park, and I'm probably not going to be able to go. Well, the good news is probably nobody went to the Tampa one because Tampa doesn't have any fans. <laughs> Unless the Red Sox were playing, and then it would have been so low with Red Sox fans. <laughs> well, we hope everyone who goes has a great night. If you do take lots of pictures, tweet them out to us. Yes. You know, uh, post them to our Facebook page. Uh, sign up for our, our Camp Kittimer, our Facebook group. You're happy to, to put them there. We'd love to see as many pictures as you can. And again, thanks to our good friends at treknews.net for putting this on with the Red Sox. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And Dan, lastly in news and getting caught up, there's a story that broke today as we record this that is a little bit disheartening. Oh, um, a little bit? Yeah. Well, Oof. for those who, who've probably already heard or who may not know, uh, Voyager actress Jennifer Lean was arrested in her town of Harriman, Tennessee on September 3rd. According to deputies, she had an active warrant on two counts of exposing herself to a child under the age of 13. Uh, now, quoting from the treknews.net story, 
In a strange twist to an already unsettling story, while delivering a detainer summons, Lean allegedly yelled to deputies to come in after they arrived at her residence. Deputies said Lean was on a couch covered only by a blanket. When they told her about the warrant, Lean is said to have told the deputies that they needed to leave her alone. After repeatedly asking to put her clothes on, Lean allegedly said that she would have them all shot and killed, according to the police report. Uh, Bond is currently set at $2,500, and she is in the Roan County Detention Facility. Unfortunately, Jennifer does have a bit of a criminal history in recent years, which includes aggravated assault, resisting arrest, evading arrest, and reckless endangerment. She's scheduled to appear in court on December 7th. Um, Clearly not the best of times for Jennifer. Um, Certainly we wish her better days, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm thinking that there's more going on here. Yeah, I would have to agree. I'm going to, um, uh, repeat some sentiments that I saw earlier today, um, that obviously she's got some issues going on and that we hope that she can get whatever help she needs to help her, uh, get back on track. Uh, it's a very, very sad story. Um, the pictures associated with it, you would never in a thousand years know that it was, that it was her. No, you wouldn't. And I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating at all when I say that it, no way you would know that it was the same woman who played Cass back in Voyager. Um, it's uh, it's very sad. Uh, everybody goes through dark times, uh, as we know. Um, but this looks like one that's uh, that's in a very dark place, and and uh, we hope that um, you know, she's going to have to uh, obviously uh, pay for whatever she did that was illegal. Um, but we also hope that she gets whatever help she needs to uh, to. Uh, I don't even know how to put it. How do you put it? To 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 get back to the Jennifer we know. Um, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know Good we should put it, man. we should state at this point that obviously Jennifer is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Exactly. Yep. Um, we are not supposing that she is guilty necessarily just because she was arrested. However, it does sound like, given the recent history of the past few years, that there are some deeper issues that Jennifer is challenged by. Yeah. And as a fan, as as a, as a human being, I hope that she's able to get the help um, that she deserves mm-hmm. on whatever front it is that she needs it, whether it's mental health or or whatever. Perhaps it's a reaction to prescription medication. Yep. You know, who knows what it is. Regardless of that, I think that we all as Star Trek fans and just as human beings want Jennifer to be in the best health possible. And we can only hope that something like that comes of this story. Yeah. I, uh, I, I could not say it any better, Bill. Um, we actually, I think we had a discussion in Vegas. It's like, wow, she's the only one who's not here from the crew of Voyager. Yeah. Um, now we may have some ideas to why, uh, something going on beforehand and, um, and, or I, this is complete conjecture is because she has had some issues in the past, does creation hesitate um, to have her come on at these conventions to you know you know want something to to happen that could cause an, an incident or something? It's very sad. I mean, there's there's no way to look at this and not be uh, um, heartfelt sadness for what's going on in her life. Well, here's hoping that there are better days ahead, certainly than uh, the rougher ones that have been behind her. Um, we're hoping that she gets the opportunity to. Um, move on from this and move forward, mo- most importantly. Yep. 
So, Dan, let's move on to uh, to a different topic. Um, we did get some feedback with regard to our episode reviewing Star Trek Renegades. And we thought it might be good to play the voicemail, and then we can talk about the comments that Rick, our caller, left afterward. Hey, Bill and Dan. This is Rick Tatro from the Simply Syndicated Network of Podcasts. Uh, just wanted to congratulate you on a fantastic show and to thank you for the Star Trek Renegades show that I just finished listening to. Uh, talk about taking one for the team, you guys. I got about 20 minutes into that show before I rage quit. Oh, uh, let me just clarify that I rage quit after 20 minutes into Renegades, not into your show. Okay. And uh, listening to y'all, I have to admit, you scared me a little bit at the beginning because you were playing your cards really close to the chest about whether it was a good show or not, uh, whether it was a good movie. I was really worried you were going to say you liked it and then we'd have had a problem. <laughs> but you, you, you were spot on with everything you said. You managed to hit almost every point that bothered me uh, and, a, and a couple I didn't notice. But there is one thing I would like to, to ask you guys about uh, and hear your opinion on. I think the, the main thing that really troubled me about Star Trek Renegades and and you know when you were you were right on target when you said it's not Star Trek but one thing that was so not Star Trek for me and the thing I think that turned me off the most was just the callous cold-blooded killing uh, if you'll pardon some alliteration there you know in the first 5 minutes of the movie you get a man brutally murdered on camera then you get the destruction of a Katinga class battlecruiser, like you said, almost like it was not, you know, made of paper. Uh, then you get whole plant, you know, you get whole planets being being disappeared. Uh, then you get uh, the the Khan's daughter vaporizing the Nausicaan out of just out of nowhere and nobody batting an eye. Uh, it, and that's never been what Star Trek was about. Yes, there was always a lot of death in Star Trek, where you got the red shirt jokes and all that stuff. But that sort of just Killing for the sake of violence it has never been a part of Star Trek, and I think that's what dismayed me the most. And after listening to your review and you talk about even more characters getting killed after I couldn't take watching it anymore, uh, I would love to hear if you guys have any further opinion on that. Anyway, uh, I'll make this short. Love your show. Won't miss a single episode. I'm so glad I'm finally caught up and uh, can't wait for the next. Rock on, you guys. Live long and prosper. Bye. Rick, thank you so much for the comments. And more importantly, thank you for clarifying on what you rage quit over. <laughs> honestly, I rage quit on you a lot, so that made me feel real good. I was just going to say that. Boom! <laughs> Point one. Yes, uh, Davidson one, Smith nil. <laughs> nil. Um, I think Rick brings up some great points. Um, there is a significant amount of callous killing in Star Trek Renegades, I think. Dan... You know, addressing his voicemail, what are your thoughts? First of all, I also want to thank Rick. I was I was floored by his by his voicemail. I really was because we're we tackled an issue, or we we talked about an episode that we had genuine concern of how people were going to react to us not having great things to say about it, and to hear his voicemail as positive as it was on our review, as well as some of the things that we've seen online, really, really makes me feel good in that you don't have to always like something and still be able to talk about it in a good um, environment and and have a good, healthy debate about it. Um, I thought he was, he was spot on in some of the things he said about the callous killing. We talked about it, I think, a little bit. Um, it's not, it's not Star Trek. However, 
and and re-listening to that just now, one of the things that popped into my mind was Section 31, which Episode 31 is tonight. Section 31 had no problem, I don't think, with uh, doing what they had to do, um, whether it be cold-blooded killing or not. So we might have started seeing that a little bit during Deep Space Nine. I don't think it was to the level as we saw it in Renegades, but I think the seed had been planted uh, in Deep Space Nine with that kind of thinking for these secret organizations uh, in the Federation. I will have to talk another time about the concept of Section 31. I think that could be an entire episode on its own. Um, but I have a problem with the whole idea of Section 31 in the first place. I thought that as an intelligence gathering group, it was possible. But in the Renegades, they're dealing in assassination and you know covert operations just to kill people. And I have a problem with that. It's like Rick said, you know, it's it's killing just for the sake of violence. And the deaths in Star Trek have never really been attributed to that. Yeah, I'm sure there are exceptions to the rule, and I'm sure that we'll hear about them from some listeners. But by and large, characters aren't just killed wantonly. And I think that was, in hindsight, in listening to Rick's voicemail, I think that's really the problem I had with Renegades to begin with. I think that's why I don't think it's Star Trek. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong in, in what I said a few minutes ago. One of the things that that we didn't like with Renegades was that casual killing. When that when I talk about them killing during Deep Space Nine with Section 31, they were under that premise that they were protecting the Federation. I think of the example of uh, when they went to Romulus and they were going to I, – I always look at it as that they were going to do what they could to assassinate uh, the head of the Tal Shiar no matter how they worded it differently. But that was more like a we have to do this because – you didn't see we have to do this because in Renegades. It was just let's do it. Right. I totally agree. So there's – Rick, again, we thank you very much for your voicemail and certainly thank you for listening. Um, If you get a chance to check out Rick's podcast, please, please go check him out. But Dan, there's other news regarding Renegades within the last couple of weeks. Do you care to enlighten us on that? I don't know whether I'm excited or not for the news. Uh, On one hand, I'm very excited for it. But on the other hand, I'm very trepidatious about it and wonder if, A, it's going to do anything to help or, B, going to make people not happy with the decision that was made. And what I mean by that is uh, uh, Terry Farrell, of course, Jadzia Dax from Deep Space Nine, was at a convention a couple of weeks ago and announced to the crowd and to the world that when she was in Vegas, uh, she got talking to to Tim Russ, uh, of course, the director of, of Renegades, and um, – they had discussions, and she is actually going to be part of Renegades now. She is signed on. I don't know how many episodes she signed on to do, but she is going to be in Renegades. And we have talked about how we hope that the next episodes are better and help to change our mind about the series. If anybody can help with that, I think it's her because of how much we appreciated what she did on Deep Space Nine. But it's it's a it's a big mess to clean up, and hopefully she'll be able to do it. Yeah, I, I was a little surprised that she hadn't seen it, but, you know, it's a sandbox, and it's run by other Star Trek friends, and I get it. There's some comfort there. I can only hope that Terry's involvement helps elevate the story mm-hmm. and, and the production. Uh, does it mean I'll watch episode two now? Probably, because I love Terry, and I want to support Terry, and I'm interested to see what they do with her, because obviously she's not going to play Jadzia. Nope. <laughs> that ship <My> only, sailed. <laughs> my, concern, my concern that I have, and we went into, we discussed this in great lengths in the Renegades episode, is 
sometimes it doesn't matter the big names that you bring in if the story is bad. And I hope that this is not another example to the list uh, from episode one. I agree. Um, I think that you're spot on with that. And perhaps that's a great way to transition to our next point of discussion. We've talked a little bit about the first episode of Star Trek aired. We've talked a little bit about the first episode of Renegades put on the internet. Perhaps we should consider the pilots from all of the Star Trek series in order or in honor of the 49th anniversary. Each of the live action series has had their own pilot and some of them have been decent and some of them have been phenomenal. And I thought this would be a good time to discuss those pilots in general and talk about which ones we thought were the best of their series or perhaps the best for Trek in general. And Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Why don't you tell me which one you think is the best first episode of their respective series? I think that um, without question, The Emissary from Deep Space Nine is the best. It's set up, although I, uh, let me let me preface that by saying I'm not a huge fan of the pilot, but it is the best setup for what Deep Space Nine was about and the different um, avenues that it took and the different storylines that that went through the seven seasons all wrapped, you know, the first episode comes back in the very last episode. I thought that was, that was the best one for the series, for the series. My answer on this one might surprise you a little bit. And that's because I think the best first episode of their respective series was probably caretaker. I think that it did a phenomenal job of setting up the mission for that series for Voyager. I think it did a great job of establishing the characters and the conflict between the Maquis and Starfleet. Forget the fact that they blew that all to hell in a handbasket later on in the series. Mm -hmm. You know, by episode five, there was no more Maquis, you know. Right, right. But I thought that it was the the best story, and I thought it was told in the best manner. Uh, Conversely, for me, Emissary ranks right about in the middle because I think it's a little uneven as a pilot. I think it's it's an okay launch for Deep Space Nine, but Deep Space Nine is so much more than what happened in Emissary. You know, you could have a slightly different plot to that episode for me, and I think it's still an okay episode because it doesn't matter in the scope of the Dominion War. That is a very good point. I will I will give you that jerk face. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I, I I will say that I hadn't really thought of Caretaker in that context. Uh, and and listening to you, I still I still think Deep Space Nine is my favorite one um, for the first uh, episode of, of the series and, and setting up the entire show. Um, but yeah, you bring up some good points. I will say it's one of the early episodes of Voyager that the writers didn't screw it up in the last ten minutes. That's very true. Yeah, although some might argue they still did. <laughs> that could be true as well. Another good point. So let me ask you this: Which of the pilots? Do you think is just evaluating the pilots based on their merit as a pilot? Which one do you think is the worst? Encounter at Firepoint. Really? I, it's just it, it's so easy for me to say that without even thinking. I have never been a fan of of that pilot. Um, I thought that uh, we, we'll get in. We're going into areas that aren't your specific question, but I don't think that that episode really. That episode did not have to happen, and the rest of the series could have happened without that ever really coming into play. Right. You can argue that Q, you know, this, that, and the other thing, but 
I don't think you know fair point. You know the station and the aliens that that were actually the station. I I, I just. I just didn't like it. I just didn't think it was good at all. And it's really too bad because this was the first series since the original series. And, it, you know, everybody was looking forward to it. And, and everybody loved the fact that Star Trek was back on the air. I, that episode, I remember seeing it. I was in Colorado when it was on the first time. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say that um, my answer to this question might also surprise you. Um, the pilot that I think is just the worst is actually the second pilot for the original series where no man has gone before. I think it's terrible. I think it it's is a, terrible. It's a horrible story. <laughs> it, you know, plays upon, you know, what is a, an amount to junk science ESP because my own personal opinion is ESP does not exist. It's not they proven. They zippers on their uniforms. Yeah. It's not. They got zippers on the uniforms. ESP <laughs> is not science. I can't wait to see the hate mail I get for this. Um, <laughs> and there are so many inconsistencies. Well, we've got a maroon Gary. Uh, what? We're we're gonna what? <laughs> I, so I, like when they were maroons, when Spock maroons Kirk in the reboot. I had a problem with that too. But oh, I had a huge problem with that on the same planet. Yeah. <laughs> huh. How about that? <laughs> I I it's think funny. it's largely uneven. I think it's not written well. I think that there. are it's a good foundation for who Kirk is and who Spock is to Kirk. But other than that, as a story, I think it fails on almost every level. It's funny that you say that because I would never have brought that one into the equation. I, even though they call it the second pilot, I wouldn't have counted it as a pilot as the fact that it's a second pilot. Which, um, which of the pilots would you give an honorable mention to as really kind of being okay. Maybe not the best one there is, but it's it's really a good solid watch. I think Broken Bow was good. Or yeah. Bow, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, Broken um, Bow, yeah. Broken Bow. I, I enjoyed that one. Um, I thought it did a good um, backstory um, for for everyone. I loved Zephram Cochran in the beginning and having uh, um, uh, the original actor, his name's escaping me right now because my dog just walked in and they're distracting me. Um, <laughs> Squirrel. I really, what's that? Squirrel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that was good. Um, it it gave it, it gave us you know the the potential of what Enterprise could have been, and then we know what happened. Um, unfortunately, uh, it kind of went off the rails, but then came back on. But it was too late. I enjoyed that one a lot. I agree with you. I thought it. I thought it was a story well told. I think there were some things that could have changed about it. Um, there were some nice, you know, nods to the original series in the pilot. I thought it was a little too early to introduce the Klingons because we were supposed to be a disastrous first contact, according mm -hmm. to Spock, and that didn't really seem all that disastrous. Right, and I, I also will say one of the things that I did not like about it, but it was a very important part of the whole series. I was never a huge fan of the Suliban, and I was never really a well, I was a little bit of a fan of Future Guy, but they never, because the end, the show ended, we were never actually able to see who that was and get some more information on it. Although we may be able to talk about that at some point in the future on the show. I, I really hope we do, because that, that reveal from Brandon Braga just really blew my yeah. mind a little bit. Yeah. I had a little, yeah. had a little nerd <laughs> lapse in my brain going, what the what? <laughs> yep. So that yeah, would really wow. be a great discussion. Well, maybe on the uh, on my flight to California, I will have to watch the various pilots for the series. And Get when it comes time to, 
I don't know why I try because you do it so much better than I do. Um, Thank you. <laughs> You're fired. Yeah, I heard about that. So Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be the new host of the Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. Did they know he's never worked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's never had a real job. <laughs> Yet we digress. Yes. So uh, sorry. Perhaps in a belated honor of the 49th anniversary of Star Trek, maybe we can all go check out the pilots for the individual shows. And when it's time for a nap, that's when you put in Farpoint. How does that sound, Dan? <laughs> I, that sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to listeners of the Trek Geeks podcast so you can check out their service. You can select your free audiobook from over 150,000 titles in Audible's library. And if you're interested in Star Trek titles, you might even check out one of these currently available on Audible.com. Imzadi, Spectre, The Return, Sarek, and my favorite, The Eugenics Wars, The Rise and Fall of Khan Noonien Singh. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash trekgeeks. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekgeeks for your free audiobook. And we would like to thank audible.com for sponsoring our episode. Well, Dan, this next segment has been a long time coming. Oh, I remember not too long ago, you did Geek the Stump, in which I was thoroughly and utterly humiliated when you I... came up with the toughest trivia question known to man. <laughs> I've heard from a lot of people who thought you did a fantastic job, that it was a fun segment, and you were being way too hard on yourself. Your emails from your mom do not count. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Bong, bong. Bong, in the head. Bong, bong. Bong, bong in the head. Bong, bong. Bong, bong in the head. And Dan, perhaps you'll remember, and if not, I'll remind you, Stump the Geek, five questions of varying point values, which I have made up off the top of my head, and one bonus question worth double or nothing. There is a chance that you could walk away with zero points, my friend. As usual, you cannot use any reference materials, no internet, no books, no magazines, no nothing. You have to rely on the information stored in that tiny peanut of a brain of yours that's now one year older. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was going to give you a hard time because you didn't do too great, but I can't because you just, you know, had that great uh, whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. That's way to, contri way to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, Dan. Let's go to question one. Question one is worth 12 points. 12. Oh, wow, fresh. 12, a very significant number in New England, as one might understand. Absolutely. And Dan, in the original series episode, The Savage Curtain, which member of the Excalbians makes contact with the Enterprise? You need his name? Yes. I like his voice. Oh, good for you. <laughs> um, his name, his name. Did he have a name? Did he really have a name? He did. Think here. Uh, I am not sure of the name. I gotta think of. I gotta actually run scenes in my head. That's gonna take forever. Well, we don't uh, have that kind of time because this don't. is only an we hour don't. podcast. Yes. Um. 
I know they go down on the planet. They don't really. They, well, the first time they show him would be when they actually say his name. Um, oh God, my name is Sparnik. Uh, Span Spanik. Something neck. Spam. Uh, Spam. <laughs> I will say sp- Spanik. No, I'm sorry. We were looking for Yarnek. Oh, I was close, though. Yarnek, you were very close. I thought you were going to pull that one out like you have so many others. But, Dan, you are still sitting at zero points. You lost 12. I'm sure Tom Brady is very disappointed. Uh, I was just going to say that. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Sorry, Tom. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he can hear you. (laughs) Moving on to question number two, Dan. In the episode of Star Trek the Nenera- Star Trek the Generation, Star Trek the Next Generation entitled Masks, what is the name of the persona that inhabits Data? And this is for 34 points, also a significant number in Boston sports this week. Yes it is. Oh, it can't be 500 points. Uh, no. <laughs> oh my goodness, you you were not kidding that you were going to give me some tough ones today. I did. That was yes. not. I will tell you one thing. That is not one of my closest being favorite episodes. It uh, I, it's terrible, by the way. It is awful. Um, I do remember that. Um, he's got that weird symbol on his forehead. Right. Uh, 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 You're gonna hear that um, sound soon enough. Is it? Uh, <laughs> is it Masaka? Is that your final Mas- answer? I'm going to go with Masaka. Yes. That is correct. For 34 Ooh. points, you get Masaka. Masaka. Looking for Masaka. East Ventura. Shapoopy. Chicago. Shawshank Redemption. Uh, that's excellent, Dan. Nicely done. You have a whole 34 points. So clearly you Ooh. love David Ortiz more than Tom Brady. Yes. No. 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 You just said yes. No, no, we. No, no. This is like no. Jeopardy. We have to go with your first answer. So, Dan, question three, and this one is for four points. Oh, that's, I, four, like that. I like that reference. For the number of Super Bowl trophies currently sitting at one Patriot place. And the number of games that was thrown out of being suspended. Uh, okay, sure, but I was going, how about you let me set the point significance, okay? <laughs> okay. You, you just answer the questions. <laughs> so question number three, Dan, in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Speaking of emissary, where did Benjamin Sisko meet his wife, Jennifer? On the beach. Uh, the name of the beach, please. Oh, come on, man. He says, you didn't, oh. he says the name. Oh, man. It's, uh, I know it's in California. Uh, you the name. <laughs> when do you hear the next question? Uh, I don't know the name of the beach. I, I can't. I have to say, I don't know the name. I don't want to waste everybody's time and trying to pretend that I do. I don't. Oh, that's too bad, Dan. We were looking for Gilgo Beach. What the hell is that? Gilgo Beach. Can not, you tell me where that is? Uh, I'm sorry, you're not playing something geek. Sorry. I'm not playing. I'm the quiz master. <laughs> you were the, the guy with no answers. <laughs> So, Dan, you are frozen at 34 points, kind of like Han Solo and Carbonite. Boom. Boom. And we're going to move on now to question four. Question four is worth 34,726,121.3 points. 
Wow. This is a biggie. Okay. Because I don't think there's any way in hell that you're going to get this. Oh, okay. Good. So I we've progressed it. through the various series as you've obviously, or you may or may not have recognized. We started with the original series and the next gen and then DS9. And now we've got a Voyager question for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dan, for 34 million and change, what are Harry Kim's middle initials? Whoa. <laughs> Was that your Keanu Reeves impersonation? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Uh, oh, my goodness gracious. Can you give me, um, I don't want to say a hint because it's not a hint, but any idea, or can you give me an idea of when they actually discussed that? What season? Do you, do you is that information they have readily available? Because I'm just trying to, I don't want to, I'm trying to think of when they would even discuss it and it might help me focus in a little bit. It's not one that I have readily available. I can tell you he has more than one. That doesn't surprise me. Um, they always like to throw curveballs at you here, there, and otherwhere. They, uh, they're fond of that. Oi. Uh, and it is an on-screen reference. I beg your pardon? It is an on-screen reference. So you see it on the screen. Um, yeah. It, oh, what's it, yeah. It's a non-sequitur. I remember that. Uh, LS? I'm going to go with LS. You are so close, Dan. So close. The answer is SL. You just Come had on, a reverse. Man, you're lying. I'm not lying. <laughs> I am not lying. The answer is SL. They show it. Wasn't it on? It was on like a one of those. Uh, it was on a pad with his information on it, wasn't it? It absolutely was. Ah, I'm not doing good. This is uh, this is why it's the Trek Geeks podcast, Dan. Uh, you know, <laughs> amateurs should not play this game. Wow, you call me an amateur? No, I'm just saying that anyone out there who thinks this is easy, <laughs> it is not. So, it Dan, isn't. you missed a real big opportunity there with thirty four million seven hundred twenty six thousand one hundred twenty one point three points. And you were stuck at 34. You have some mad David Ortiz love going on. So question number five, and this one is for 49 points. 49, celebrating the recent anniversary of the premiere of Star Trek 49 years ago. Yes. This one might be a little easier for you. Oh, thank you. In Star Trek Enterprise, mm-hmm. Malcolm Reed and Travis Mayweather, among others, had their bodies taken over by what race in Enterprise's observer effect? Uh, believe they were Organians. That is correct, Dan. <laughs> there was, in fact, the Organians in a retcon callback to the original series. Yes. So, That's one um, of the things I always liked about that is that they brought back them. So, That's not good grammar, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I know. Well, I didn't want to say anything. <laughs> so now you're at 83 points, Dan, coming into the big bonus. Boom. I know, right? So double or nothing. This means you could have 166 points by the time you're done. And if not, you wind up with zero. Okay. Are you ready, Dan? I am ready. Hit me. Dan, what are the three command codes used to activate the auto-destruct sequence on the Enterprise E? On the E? Yes, sir. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) So, for those at home playing along, this is a reference, of course, to Star Trek First Contact and the Borg. 
And when Picard finally decides to set the autodestruct at the urging of Lily and the Observation Lounge, what are the three command codes for the autodestruct? Oh, man. I have to say, I just, I've used... want, to listen, I just want to listen to that music. <laughs> I've used all three of these as passwords in years past. Really? Oh, yeah, because these are great, you know, alpha passwords. You know, you put some strong characters in there. Nobody's going to guess those things. Ugh. Um, the cards. He always has numbers and letters. Oh, boy. One, 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 zero alpha for Picard. Riker. Oh, boy. Riker was on the planet. Oh, that's right. So it would have been, it wouldn't have been Data because he was uh, trapped. I, God. I'm going to have a big old fat zero here. Well, let's put you out of your misery, shall we? (laughs) And the audience, I would have to say as well. Well, Dan, you walk away with zero today, but before... Oh, hey. Sorry uh, about you're that. you do it twice? Well, you oh, des- you're not sorry. You deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> the three command codes used to activate the auto-destruct sequence are Picard 47-Alpha Tango, Crusher 2-2-Beta Charlie, and do you know the third one? No, it's Worf 37-Gamma Echo. Looking for 3-7 Gamma Echo. Well, you were looking for a lot more than that. Um, I was looking for all three. But yes, I know, but yeah. You should... Moving uh, on. I, I'm actually... <laughs> I, I almost used a different bonus question, which was a lot more cutthroat, which I'll use in a future Stump the Geek. No, no, but, go ahead. Uh, give it to me now. You really want it? It doesn't mean anything. I just want to know it, so when you do it next time, I'll know what the answer is. Uh, well, I'll, give it, I'll tell you what. I'll give it to you now, and I'm never going to use it again. <laughs> so all right no i want you to save it for a future one uh want to make it count you're gonna hate it too so i'll save it <laughs> well dan speaking of saving us uh why don't you save us from this bit and tell us how folks can send us feedback yes thank you first of all for thoroughly embarrassing me now i know how you felt a few weeks ago <laughs> thank you you're welcome uh yeah, uh, we want to hear from you folks. Uh, shoot us a tweet, an email, a voicemail, all that good stuff. On uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Skype, our handle is TrekGeeks. Uh, you can send us an email at trekgeeks at starfleet.com, or you can give us a call uh, at 508-784-1701, and uh, hopefully we'll get lovely voice messages like Rick's was uh, earlier that we listened to. We loved it. Uh, if you want to send Bill a tweet, his handle is at trekgeekbill. And if you want to send me something, uh, you can do so at DCDDS9. Uh, also, don't forget that we uh, have a, uh, uh, a group on Facebook now, Camp Kittimer. Uh, you're welcome to share anything you want, anything you love about Trek, engage in conversation, make some new friends, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to join the group, just go to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. We'll let you right in and uh, make sure you uh, share that site with all your friends, too. Um, also remember that any comments or messages you leave there or in any forms of media, voicemail, tweets, etc., may be used in a future episode. Back to you, Bill. Thanks, Dan. And, uh, of course, we want to thank our good friends at Five Year Mission for letting us use their music for the podcast. Every ounce of music you hear, with the exception of the Match Game theme, 
is, is <laughs> our friends at Five Year Mission. Uh, you know, the Stump the Geek theme, the intro, the breaks between segments. That's all Five Year Mission. So if you like their music, go get yourself a copy of Spock's Brain for crying out loud. You know, play that CD till you wear it out and then buy another one just because. But no, we, we definitely thank all the guys at Five Year Mission for, uh, for making our show sound so awesome. And that about does it, Dan, for episode 31. We'll be back soon with episode number 32. Again, I hope you have a tremendously happy birthday. And we'll be back with everyone next week. Until then, live long and prosper. Coca-Cola. Now I have to try to sync that up. <laughs> Can you see what I'm doing? No. Good, because I was giving you the finger. Don't really care. <laughs> okay. Face. Wow. Okay. Guess you're not using that in the podcast. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. Maybe you do. Maybe want to I... be a French fry. What? You ever see that commercial, the original Burger King chicken fry commercial? No. Maybe I do want to be a French fry. That's right. I'm doing Burger King commercials. What the fucking f- <laughs> Yep. What, what? I don't have much else to go on this week. It's been you, a rough week. You don't Burger have much King. else. You could have just stopped there. I. Uh, but it's Burger King. Who doesn't like a Burger King commercial? Chicken fry. Me? Okay. Do you remember the subservient chicken website? I don't. It, um, it was a website where you could issue commands. It was like a flash animation, but they made you think it was a live webcam. And the chicken would do what you told it to, a guy in a chicken suit. Um, I'm sure if you Google it, it's out there, subservient chicken. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> Googling it right now. Googling it. Did you, check, did, you, did, you, did you start your book? I have not yet. I haven't had time. At, uh, I'm several chapters in. It's very good. Some jerk wants to record a podcast. What? Well, well, you ready to do this? I'm ready. Best part is you can't see me when I'm about to start. I know I can't. Oh, I know. You can't see me that I just took my pants off. <laughs> ready? <sighs> ready, sir. <laughs>